Above episode 239, Mike Carpenter in the basement live for Bragg and Wright's second half as we get started with a Trent Frazier 3. A beautiful start to a game that for the most part has been a lot of fun. There was a little moment there where things got a bit hairy, down to a six-point lead, but now it is back up to a 17-point lead, and Trent Frazier is really making his presence known in his final Bragg and Rights game. Welcome to the basement. It is just me tonight, and we are on Twitch for those who maybe don't have a holiday gathering or something going on at the moment. And I started just in the nick of time, as you could tell from the uh, opening 15 seconds getting that Trent Frazier three. But we got 19.30 to go, Missouri ball right now. They're going to shoot a three themselves. It is no good, and it's going to be a Trent Frazier rebound, excuse me, and he's looking for another three. It is up. It is good. Good Lord. 20-point lead for Illinois, 46-26. to 26. You know, I was hoping to have a fun second half, and the first half had basically the first seven minutes and the last three minutes were great. And the first 50 seconds here have been absolutely fantastic as Missouri misses a shot. Illinois with a chance to extend their lead. I think Trent Frazier wants another one right here. He gets a pick from Jacob Grandison. He's looking for the three. No, he's going to give it up here now to Alfonso Plummer. 18.50 to go. DeMonte at the top of the key. Doing a little bit of weave action here. Here's Trent, and he's looking to maybe get a pick up top to get one more shot. A 15-1 to scoring run for Illinois in the last 340. Trent again. The three is no good, but Jacob Grandison corrals it. It's going to be an Alfonso Plummer three. It is up. It is good. <laughs> yeah. 49 to 26. Illinois with a 23-point lead in bragging rights. I know Missouri's not good. I mean, that's clear as day. I still want to kick their ass. And that is a pretty good start to the second half. In fact, you cannot ask for a better start. 23-point lead and 9 nothing run to start the second half in the first 90 seconds. All right, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, got to remind you the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO online at dpdo.com. For all the best deals and prices online at dpdo.com. You can get a custom zone with any topping that you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. And best of all, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That is dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com for vintage inspired Illini apparel and plenty of great options for basketball season as you head to the State Farm Center. Rock a fourth and Kirby shirt or hoodie or crew neck sweatshirt. I got about five or six of them in my wardrobe uh, online at fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. That is Rector Construction. Dot com. Uh, this could be something that you know you want to get done even in the winter or spring. They might be able to schedule something for you. It is a 12-month-a-year gig now, these ext- uh, exterior home projects. And Rector Construction, not only are they great craftsmen, but they are superior at customer service and great citizens of Champaign-Urbana. That is RectorConstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters. You name it, Brian is my guy. He can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. We're going to hit those sponsors throughout this broadcast, a live second half podcast, and we'll see how many people make it into the Twitch stream. I mean, it is the holiday season. Whoop-dee-doo. And um, yeah, I think families are starting to get in town. That's why Trevor is hanging out with his family tonight. Isaac is in Florida with his family. Not bad. And we are kind of hunkering down these next couple days before we hang out with my side of the family before we go to Michigan ourselves. So I hope that all of you are having a safe and healthy holiday season so far. And 
Yeah, let's get to that real quick as we're in a break here. There is news today, and I actually felt like I broke something for the first time. I would not call myself a journalist, but I had the breaking scoop. My my wife works at the U of I, and U of I employees around 1, I think, maybe 1245, they got an email from the chancellor that any university event with 200 or more people would require vaccination proof or proof of a negative test within the last, I think, 48 or 72 hours. So I put that out there, and then there was an official statement that came from the athletic department around 1.30 or 2 o'clock, maybe. So that goes into effect on January 6th for the Maryland game at home. That's IO night. Now, I will say this. From my experience going to a few concerts that had these vaccination requirements, it is really not a big deal. It is not some sort of thing uh, that's going to slow down your entry too much, maybe more so January 6th, but it's not going to be um, something they can't figure out pretty quick. Basically, there's going to be people there checking your photocopy version of your vaccine card or checking your safer community app or something if you got a negative test. So it's, it's going to be pretty seamless. And I've, I've only seen a few comments maybe on Twitter or Facebook where there's a lot of fans saying, I'm giving up my tickets. But guys, you don't need to be that. Va- if you're one of those that really doesn't want to get vaccinated, you can still come. You just got to be negative. And there are plenty of places locally to get tests. So um, I, I think it's a win-win. I think the th- them throwing in the negative test thing actually keeps it much more open for people. And I, I have no issue with that. So I'm just happy that during this Omicron variant, we still get to go and enjoy the games and uh, maybe feel a little bit safer when we do it. Now, right now, it's 47 to 26. It's a 21-point lead. Kofi with the slam to make it 49 to 26. Now I think what happened is they took two of those Trent three-pointers and or one from Trent and one from Alfonso made them long two-pointers based on review, but it doesn't really matter. You have a 23-point lead. Here goes a take from Missouri. No good and Illinois has come out guns blazing here in the second half. This is Trent now to Coleman Hawkins. Trent will take it back up to the top of the key. He's looking for something. Coleman will get an open three. No, pump fake. He's taking it down to Kofi. He got a little bit too creative there. Now, I will say this about Coleman. Overall, good minutes tonight. There was one thing he did right before he got taken out, and there's a reason he got taken out. He did not block out. And that's the kind of stuff that makes you pull your hair out because it led to an easy two from Missouri. And you're thinking, Coleman, you're doing so good. And and what I really like from Coleman in that first half is when he was doing well, he is playing a role. Now, right there, he was even too passive. I think he's a little bit gun shy in terms of shooting the ball himself. He's a good offensive player, so I hope he's, I hope he lets it fly if he gets another opportunity like that. Another miss for Missouri. That is a common thread here. Kofi, oh my God. Guys. That is going to be on ESPN tonight. If you're listening to this podcast, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. 17 minutes ago, 16.59. Grandison was throwing it to Coleman Hawkins. It was not a really good pass. Or actually, I should say, it was probably throwing to Kofi, but Coleman reached for it because he thought it was in his passing lane. Kofi grabbed it, one-hand slam. Uh, That's pretty cool. This is fun. Are you guys having fun? Twitch stream, hello, 17 of you on a late... Wednesday evening and holiday season. I appreciate any of you guys tuning in. And Wow. Uh, Kofi with 14 points, 11 rebounds, 7 or, 10, 7 or 10 from the field. Now, one of those missed field goals was a missed dunk, when, which started things off, but he's been really sharp since. All right, free throw from Kofi. It is up. It is good. So I think he might be still hovering around 66% from the line this year. 
He was close to 70, I think fell back a bit. We'll have to check that maybe, but 52 to 26. Now, I want this to be the biggest blowout in Bragg Wright's history. 16.55 to go, Missouri with the ball. This is Pickett, back up top to, I don't know who that guy is, and I don't care to learn his name. And this is a two-pointer up and good. They're going to call a three-point play here. Now, Pajimski's in there, and we'll see the replay here of how much contact he got. I don't want to get too cute with these rotations. I'm not really sure what Pajimski is doing for you. That was a foul and a pretty silly one that a freshman will make. Uh, looking out here at the rotation, I'd have to see if Trent Frazier might be getting a breather. And that's why, yes, that's exactly what's happening. So they're going to let Pajimski get some minutes here. And hey, when you're up 23 after that made free throw, not a big deal. But I don't want to get too cute yet. I want to make this an absolute embarrassment for Missouri more than it already is. I don't want, keep in mind, you're up 17 in the first half, it got within six. I don't want this getting within 15. Not at this point. You're up 23 points. This should not get within 15. Alfonso Plummer, three, it is up, it is good. Well, that helps. <laughs> 55 to 29. All right, let me try to get the Twitch stream going here so I can see what's going on on the chat window. 16 for Alfonso. Three for five from three. He's taking it to the rim. He's getting free throws. He missed his first free throw of the year. Another missed shot for Missouri. And a rebound by Brandon Pajimski. Got to mute my Twitch stream there. There we go. Kofi with the entry pass from Grandison. And they call no foul, even though this is interesting. And you guys all know this as well as I do. That Kofi doesn't really get the benefit of the doubt when there's a little bit of contact. And Missouri makes a three on the other end. So it's back to a 23-point Illinois lead with 15.50 to go. Missouri... Two for 11 from three-point range. I think that's their third one because they hit two early. So three for 12, and that's in line with their average 25% this year. When they hit those two early ones, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. It's going to be one of those nights where they're making threes. Here is Alfonso Plummer looking for something over to Podjimski. The three is up. Whoa. Whoa. Brandon Podjimski with the three. Good Lord. Okay, uh, it's going to be one of those nights for Illinois, it looks like. I'm going to try to get this computer. Okay, so we got a charge that Plummer just took. And with 1525, we get a media timeout. And this is beautiful. You know, this is what you wanted to do. I hope they keep Conzo forever, despite what happened in the last three years. That is a, a bad Missouri program right now. You should be kicking their ass, and you are. And I'm going to get, after this break here, I'm going to get into what has really encouraged me about this team. Real quick, though, DPDO online at dpdo.com. All the best deals and prices online at dpdo.com, and they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So, hey, the students are gone. Um, why not order some DPDO? It could be for a lunch while you're just chilling at home, watching some bowl games or something like that, or even a late-night calzone, celebratory calzone after this bragging rights game, dpdo.com. Here was the point I was going to make. And seeing how Illinois has played, except for that six, seven minute stretch in the first half. And you can trace this back to post Texas Rio Grande Valley. Yes, there have been messy moments. You can look at the 19 nothing Iowa run. You can look at the runs that Notre Dame had in that game where we're thinking, oh God, we haven't figured anything out yet. You can look at the Arizona game, of course. Yes, it got messy. And I think this team will still have the tendency to be messy. You can clean that up. But what I didn't see in those games was lethargic play. I didn't think like the 19 nothing run from Iowa was because Illinois was lethargic. It was because they were just stupid. And they were turning the ball over too much. And it led to easy points for Iowa. Well, what I saw in the first half that troubled me was a prolonged stretch of lethargic basketball from this team. 
that I had not seen since the Cincinnati game. And I thought, oh, no, don't let that rear its ugly head again. Well, the way this team has responded, I'm less concerned about that. And what I really liked about that 14-point lead at halftime, that first half, even though you're up 14, like we, any of us would have signed up for that. But there were enough bad moments where I'm sure in the locker room, it felt like you might as well have been down five or six points. Uh, I don't think that the coaches would have treated that like the normal 14-point lead. You consider the context. Missouri's terrible. You had them on the ropes. You could have ended that game right then and there. Um, And instead, you showed these flashes uh, that took me back a little bit to the previous three Missouri games. Just this lethargic play in a game where you should not be lethargic. So very encouraged and heartened by what we saw the last three minutes of the first half and now continuing here in the second half up 23 with 15.25 to go. All right, uh, good evening to all of you on the Twitch stream. I got a lot here on the chat to catch up with. Bobo says, pods, everyone gets a three tonight. That was pretty sweet. Fire emojis from Tabit96. Pick apart 21. Uh, Underwood taking those last three losses personally. Now, I was thinking about that, you know, the, the mental aspect of this rivalry game and how I actually think that Illinois had every advantage in that this year. And uh, if you look at the last three years, not really, right? I I think there are rational ways that we can explain why Illinois were as flat as they were. Now, I think it's inexcusable. You know, as someone that's grown up with this game, and it means a lot to me, you got to find a way to get up for it. But I do understand why, take uh, take for example, last year at Missouri in Columbia with no fans there. It felt weird. It was not a typical bragging rights game. I think it would have been different in St. Louis or at the State Farm Center if the coin flip would have went the opposite way. Two years ago was the low point because that game had no business going the way it did. But if you think about it, that team at that point had already lost. Here's Coleman Hawkins. Three, it is up. It is good. Guys, this team can shoot. 61 to 32. This team can really shoot. I mean, we might hang 90 points on these guys when all said and done. Uh, So two years ago, yeah, you could actually see that one coming based on the Miami first half or the way that the Maryland second half went. That team just had really prolonged stretches of bad basketball, and they played basically 40 minutes against Missouri that were bad. The year before that, you just weren't a good team. Fine. You can accept that. Um, But now it seems like maybe things can equalize a bit, and you can get back into the swing of things in St. Louis. Your program is at this place right now in Missouri. God knows where they're at. Omar Payne, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) <laughs> he loses it out of bounds. He's giving you some spot minutes right now. Uh, I, I don't really know what to say about Omar. I mean, he's not doing much for you. Nine turnovers for Illinois tonight, eight for Missouri. It has not felt like a particularly messy game for Illinois, so I'm not, you know, nine actually kind of surprises me. It's not felt like that. Missouri is back on offense with 14, 15 to go. This is Pickett taking on Coleman Hawkins. No good. Pajimski with some good minutes. He gets a rebound. Okay, so this is Trent Frazier on the right side. Podjemski over to Coleman Hawkins. Back up to the top. Trent Frazier with 20 on the shot clock. We got 14.05 to go. All right, 61 to 34. And let's just keep, let's pour it on. I mean, just no mercy here. Trent finds DeMonte. DeMonte back to Trent. Still got eight on the shot clock. Not much on this offensive set. There's going to be a pickup top from Payne. Trent is going left. He finds Coleman Hawkins for an open three. It is up. It is no good. And Pajemski gets the board. Now, they're going to call the shot clock violation on that. Pajemski, though, Johnny on the spot. He has put some good minutes out there. This was the guy that I thought 
in this freshman class was maybe going to be the odd man out. But oddly enough, the last two games, he's got more tick than either Goody or Melendez. Now, the shot is under review. So we'll see this here. If it nicks the rim, we might have something. It does. There is a vibration there. So it nicks the rim. Now, I don't think they would count Podjimski's putback. And also, now that I mention it, I mean, who's to say that the refs even get this right? Though I've had no complaints with them tonight. I do think the the one thing, and this is consistent with every officiating crew, is Kofi takes a lot of abuse down there. And he just happens to be a really big man. And he he takes a lot of contact. All right, so they still rule that to be no rim. I I don't know. It seemed clear enough on my 60-inch TV screen, but whatever. Illinois is 9 for 11 from the field this half. There's going to be a three-point attempt from Missouri. It is up. It is no good. They are a bad shooting team, but the putback is up and good and a foul. Now, one thing that has been frustrating, this is the first offensive board in a while for Missouri, but they had a few of those in the first half. And even on plays where you get a bad bounce, you cannot let teams get offensive boards with the size that Illinois has, with the the age of this Illinois team. And that was Kofi and that was Grandison down there. So bad bounces aside, get the damn board. It's nice to nitpick when you're up 27, though, isn't it? The free throw is up and good. Now it's a twenty, a mere 26-point lead for Illinois with 13.28 to go. Again, don't even let this get in the ballpark of 15 points. Don't mess around with it. Now, Missouri, they have a stat here. Fewest returning minutes in D1, 19.7% for Missouri. I have not been following the recruiting. I don't know where it's at, um, how good or bad it is. I get the feeling that Missouri, if he's going to sustain something there or, or bounce back next year, it's going to be on the strength of transfers because I'm not seeing a lot from anyone in Missouri that makes me think, oh, boy, look out for these guys. All right, this is Trent. He is, oof, man, he finds Grandison now in the right corner. There's still five on the shot clock. He's looking for Kofi. Kofi's got a few seconds, and he jams it home. One-handed, left hand. <laughs> with a great power move. Uh, wow, 65-37, to three-pointer for Missouri's no good. Grandison with the board. Illinois maybe going to run here? No, Trent's slowing it up with 12.45 to go. 28-point lead, and they find Coleman. Now Coleman looking for Kofi. Great entry pass. Kofi out to Grandison. The three is up. It is good. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm having fun. I'm having really a good time right now. I think you probably are too. And for the 90%, as it has been estimated by Twitter people, the 90% of Illini fans that are in attendance, they're probably having a good time too. Another three from Missouri is no good. It's off the front end of the rim. The second three is up and good. And that is, is that Kobe Brown? They're one good player. I'd have to see what year he is for them. Not really sure. All right. 12 minutes to go. Illinois is 12 for 21 from three. I mentioned the last podcast that right now there were 39%, I think, coming into this game. Here's a three from Trent. It is no good. That one was a little bit forced, but the putback from Kofi, they're going to call a push off on Kofi, I think. And Kofi's got to be laughing to himself thinking, I get pushed all the time. Anywho, I I think that this three-point percentage can still hover around 39% all year. I mean, there's nothing to tell me differently. Now, I will say that Missouri has not been a good team defending the three-pointer this year. Uh, And that is a little bit surprising because Conzo is sort of his bread and butter is defense, mucking it up. Well, they don't do it from the three-point line, and they're not doing it this year, and this is just not a good matchup for them. I thought the spread at 14 and a half, if I would have been 
able to bet on Illinois, I would have put money on it. My dad actually texted me because he has a national account or like an off, offshore account, they call it, with Bovada, I think. And he had mentioned, uh, oh, I'll put money on it for you. And I thought, you know what? I, I would like to maybe watch the game unencumbered. It wasn't that I would not have been willing to put money on Illinois 14 and a half point favorites. It was that I would have been really ticked off if they won by 13. <laughs> and thinking, wait a second, like, you know what, why even, why even bother betting on Illinois? Though I would, I will say that if that ever comes to pass in the state of Illinois, and I think that's a new rule, but you have to like be in person to do it. I would totally bet on Illinois games because I feel more comfortable betting on games that I have some knowledge about instead of just throwing random money out there. That's why the bears game on Monday night, that was easy to put money on it. Uh, real quick, another sponsor of the 200 level. Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior needs. This is a 12-month-a-year kind of gig right now. I mean, and keep in mind, it's been warm temperatures, so there's no reason that you can't call them or go to their website today, get a free estimate on any home project that you're looking for. That is RectorConstruction.com. All right, let's see if we got anything else going on here. Painful, says him jamming for Omar Payne. We have a problem at the backup five position. I, I like BBV for spot minutes because I think he plays decent enough defense and he's actually a really good passer. He can't score. So Omar Payne, I don't know what he does. And and he has been by far the biggest disappointment this year, more so than even Coleman Hawkins because Omar Payne played significant minutes at Florida last year. Now, if you look at his stats, though, even though he did have the occasional big game, more often than not, he was... I don't want to say a non-factor, but not a huge factor for Florida. But he was better than this. And you would think with all the shooters that he has around him, it would open things up for him. But he is just out of sync. And he has terrible hands and no shot. Uh, Just not really a threat offensively. And I haven't seen anything defensively to make me think that he's a stopper. I mean, good Lord, on offense, he doesn't even get garbage buckets. When's the last putback he had? I I don't know. The last dunk? I, I don't know. Maybe he had one against St. Francis. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Bobo, you make your Illinois bets in Indiana. Okay, well, there you go. I do notice that when I go across state lines, um, my app will change. Now, FanDuel does not have an Indiana thing, but when we go to Michigan, for example, I can bet on Illinois games. So I guess I'll have the luxury of betting on Illinois and Florida A&M next week, which apparently there are 400 tickets left to that game. 400, which seems... Really low for a game that when I saw that on the schedule, an 8 o'clock tip on a Wednesday night in the middle of winter break, I would have thought that that would have been one of the worst-selling games. You know, Trevor had a theory in our text thread today that maybe that has something to do with unvaccinated Illinois fans thinking that's their last opportunity to see the team. I, I, I Maybe so. I mean, that maybe there was a late push when that news came out today. Um, though, again, you can still go to the games with the negative test, so you don't need to be vaccinated for it. All right, 68 to 40. We got 11:40 to go. Missouri with the ball here. They need to score and quickly. This is number 12. He's got kind of a, a ponytail thing. Here's another guy shooting it. He misses the three badly, and Illinois gets the rebound. I don't know any of these guys, and uh, I, I don't care to learn their names until they're actually a threat. This is beautiful. I don't like Missouri. In my experiences down there for the Bragg and Rights game, haven't really been able to point to any direct negative interactions. Here's Kofi trying to take it. He gets fouled. And finally, yes. Now, I was afraid that Kofi was going to get called for an offensive foul on an elbow thing, but he did not. 
so the bragging rights games, I can't specifically point to a negative interaction with Missouri fans. I don't like their vibe so much, but that might be me projecting just because of all these years that I've watched this game. And, and I've grown a hatred over the years. Uh, first for like the first 20 years of my life before I even went to one of these games from afar, I didn't like them because it felt like we always lost to Norm Stewart. When I really started getting into it, there was a bad stretch of the late Lou Henson and then the Lon Kruger era where we didn't beat them much. That's why my one of my favorite games still to this day, and actually, now that I think about it, it's still my favorite, number one for me, is 2000, when Frank led you to an overtime win. And Bob Osmussen had a, a story today where his number one was the 88-89 game, and that makes sense. I don't remember that, of course, but that sounds like a total barn burner at the old Checker Dome. But his number two was the Ray Rice game. I was at the Ray Rice game. The buzzer beater was nice, but the game sucked. I mean, that was a bad Missouri team. And we let them hang around. And this was a week after Illinois lost at the United Center to Oregon. And it felt like, oh, God, we're doing the same thing with John Gross, bubble team. And, you know, that game was at noon. So the atmosphere was kind of weird. And, yeah, the buzzer beater was nice. But he mentioned later in that same article, and I agree with this, was John Gross's second team. In 2013-2014, Tracy Abrams hit a couple free throws late to secure that win. And I was down there with a couple friends. We were taking pulls of fireball in the second half and got a good buzz going. It was a thrilling game. You know, that was the Frank Haith era for Missouri. And John Gross was, you know, he was wearing an orange jacket for all of these bragging rights games. because He got it. I'll give John Gross this. He, early on, was hitting all the right notes in terms of what made us fans feel good. Uh, but that Tracy Abrams, the, the final two free throws, and then Missouri still had five seconds to go win it. And they were a long five seconds, but when we secured that win, man, it felt really good. That, that to me, is up there, despite, unfortunately, that Illinois team not making an NCAA tournament. Uh, for me, another one would have to probably be, I think this was 2002, 2003. Brian Cook was a senior, and Dee and Darren were freshmen. Luther, Roger would have been sophomores at that point. Oh, Augustine was a freshman, too, and Illinois just ran him. We were watching that game at Legends, and I remember thinking, wow, I think our freshmen are pretty good. We knew that with Dee Brown, but everything was clicking that game, and I really enjoyed that Illinois team in particular. I felt bad that Brian Cook didn't get that Big Ten championship for his senior year, which is one of the best seasons I've ever seen. I digress. As of right now, it's 71 to 40 with 10.30 to go. Not a lot of play-by-play to do here. <laughs> and a charge. Plummer draws a charge on Missouri. And, man, just run this score. Win by 40. You know what I mean? Just win by 40 or 50. And make the 900 Missouri fans. I mean, kudos to them for making the trek. The negative interactions I've had with Missouri fans happened. Yeah, him jamming. Yeah, gross talk. I apologize. Though gross did go 4-1 and one in this series. Now, he did happen to catch Missouri at a very low point, the Kim Anderson era, lest we forget. And right now, this is Kim Anderson era stuff that we're seeing from Missouri, and may that continue in perpetuity. Coleman Hawkins fakes the three. Nice entry pass to Kofi, who gets blocked, and he takes it back up. They're going to call Queen blocks on Missouri three times in a row. And now a char, oh, out of bounds on Missouri. Now, I'd love to see that replay as Underwood gives Kofi a fist bump, probably, I would guess, to say, yeah, I know you got fouled and you hung tough. And I need to see that. If Missouri legit had three straight clean blocks on Kofi, okay, there was the first one, looked like a hand. 
There's the second one, yet again. Uh, guys, there's no way there wasn't a foul. And at, at a certain point, can we give the benefit of the doubt to the seven-foot guy who is an All-American candidate? Can we give the benefit of the doubt to him? I think that's only fair. Help me out, Twitch chat. I mean, that that there had to be a foul there. I only caught that one replay, but there had to be a foul on that. Anywho, you're up 71 to 40 with 9.50 to go. And give it right back to Kofi. And they now get a foul. And this is what happens right now. That that was a legit foul on number 23 for Missouri. But that's really good stuff from Illinois, knowing that you were due for one, right? I mean, eventually, I'm guessing from the 15,000 Illinois fans, or however many are down there, there's a lot, that they made their displeasure known. And that, that has an effect on these calls. Uh, let's see here. Bobo says, Pickett has pushed Trent to the floor three times tonight. It's no, how do I say this? No insult to Pickett, but just leave, you know? What what really pissed me off about the whole, as Kofi makes the first free throw, what pissed me off about the Tillman, Mark Smith, Javon Pickett success against Illinois, and by the way, Mark Smith sucked in every single one of those games, I think including when he played for Illinois, though I'd have to go back and check that. Maybe he was okay that game. I was still excited at that point for Mark Smith. Um... What really bothered me about that was this idea that it was somehow a revenge game for these guys. And it's like, no, 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 You committed to us and then decommitted. Or in the case of Mark, Mark Smith, you transferred out. So I don't want to hear any sort of narrative on that side. Now, Kofi's taking a seat with 9.51 to go and you're up 33. 22 points, 13 rebounds in basically 20, 22 minutes of play. Good Lord. Now, do you see him again tonight? I, I think that you have a good point here. Fart Mountain, we are in needless injury zone. Let's see more bench. Don't disagree with that. As long as the intensity stays, keep going with it. Omar Payne, uh, yeah, decent defense there, but an offensive putback by number 23 for Missouri. Now, he's one that's actually shown up well tonight. Again, I don't know his name. Is that laziness on my part? Is it... Just blatant disregard for the opponent. That's Trevon Brazil. Three points and five blocks. Yeah, I'm sure two of them were BS, but anywho. Trent Frazier with the ball, taking it to the rim. It is up. It is good. Wow, man. You know, I said on Twitter in the first half, we are approaching, I need to buy a Trent Frazier jersey zone right here. Like, that's how good he has played recently. Another offensive rebound for Missouri, but this is going to go out of bounds and right back to Illinois with 8.54. Yeah, I'll give this Brazil kid credit. Uh, he's playing hard. Brad Underwood gives Kofi a little pat on the butt and I think was telling him, hey, your your job is done, my friend. 33-point lead for Illinois. Man, I kind of wish I would have been down there tonight. That would have been fun. All right, 8.45 to go. This is Omar Payne. I need to see some good tick from Omar Payne. Alfonso Plummer taking it to the rim. It is up. It is good. So now we got Frazier and Plummer with the ability to take it to the rim. Plummer has shown that uh, more often and often will get fouled when he goes there. So this inside-outside game for Illinois, when we see the shot chart again tonight, we're going to see three-pointers and layups. And Javon Pickett continues to fall to the floor like a moron. Stop putting our players in a position where they might get hurt. Okay, stop flailing around like an idiot, Javon Pickett. I'm sorry that you elected not come here. Maybe he was told by Underwood that there wasn't a spot. Do not hurt one of our guys at this point. I, I if that's your parting shot for the bragging rights thing, ugh, I'm sorry. It's just I, I still hate this team. We get a jump ball apparently, 
as Plummer takes it to the hoop. It is a 35-point Illinois lead with under eight to go. Ah, I thought that Illinois would be good in the second half. I didn't think this good. And, of course, Missouri is awful. They're one, well, I think other than Florida and the worst team that you're going to play the rest of the year. But, nonetheless, this is impressive. In a rivalry game, winning by 35, that'll do. That'll do. Maybe in the chat window, Twitch friends, you can help me think of a name for this podcast. As you do that, the 200 level is brought to you by 4th and Kirby. Online at 4thandkirby.com. Vintage-inspired Alani apparel. Crew neck sweatshirts. Even a new hoodie t-shirts and while it might be a little bit too late for you to get it by christmas time why not surprise the alani fan in your life with something that they can wear to the state farm center to a basketball game that is online at fourthandkirby.com all right it's whipple just says lol mizzou sucks and what i was thinking about whipple is you know this game from the minute that missouri kansas city beat missouri handily by the way Uh, From that moment, there was this little seed of doubt where I thought, oh, God, that's actually the worst thing that can happen to us because now as a fan, I'm going to think, well, Missouri really, really, really sucks, but I should know better. They always show up for this game, and that is true. They have shown up for the game in the last three years. Last year's Missouri team was not great, but they were not bad. It was in Columbia in weird circumstances. It was still inexcusable the way that that Illinois team played, but as we know, the first two months of the season last year, that Illinois team did that way too often, and unfortunately, it came against your rival. But uh, for the most part, this is uh, a rivalry that you have an opportunity now to go on a big extended run, and we know this is a streaky rivalry. I mean, Missouri won three straight. Before that, you won four straight. Before that, Missouri won, I think, three straight. The last two against Weber, right? Yeah, and then the first of Gross, and then before that, eight in a row or nine in a row for Illinois. I think you almost got it to 10. So just a very streaky series, and it's time that you turn the tide. Now, of course, next year's Illinois team, there's a lot of unknowns. We don't know who's going to be on it. We presume Curbelo, and there seems to be more positive momentum going with that uh, as to when he will return and the fact that he will return. So that is very exciting because this right now is a team that is playing really good basketball, but he can still help. And I think, if anything, him coming off the bench when he does return that is a perfect way to ease him back into it. And honestly, he can stay as the sixth man all year. That's not going to be a problem for him. We saw last year that was his bread and butter, and he can still be a superstar in that role. All right, let's see here. Pickett. Uh, I feel like someone says something. Oh, yeah. Wizzy says Pickett just gets to shove Trent around, and the refs say nothing. Uh, Pickett is headhunting out there, says uh, GM engineer guy. I mean, it seems that way, right? Get the hell out of here, Javon Pickett. Uh, you know, like, again, this idea that he has any reason to be pissed off at us. Maybe if Brad Underwood gave him a call and said, we don't want you. But for some reason, I, I doubt that. Because Brad Underwood would have kept that entire class, I think. Tillman Smith Pickett. And boy, what a what a lame class that turned out to be. Okay, so Missouri gets the ball here after that possession arrow. Hey, good news is Illinois gets the possession arrow for the last 759. Okay, here is Missouri. Is Pickett still out there? He is not. Will he return? I don't know. Does Missouri set their guys now that they're down 35 as they try to figure out a way to get any win in the SEC this year? We'll see. And we get a an offensive foul on Missouri. 
They have eight this half. Now, Illinois with four fouls. One thing Illinois has gotten much better at, and this goes back to last year, actually, when they went to the pack line, or actually even two years ago, they don't foul a ton. Of course, in the first two years of Brad Underwood, they fouled a ton, but they have really adjusted. And I got to give Underwood credit defensively for figuring out a way to um, just minimize that. And especially for the bigs. I mean, when's the last time Kofi was in foul trouble? We could say that in a big game, that's the concern if Kofi gets in foul trouble. But you can't really say that if he never gets in foul trouble to begin with. Here's Melendez with a nice entry to Payne, who cannot finish the dunk. It is a dunk, Omar. And this is Melendez. <laughs> with an and one as Corbello flexes on the sideline. I need to see this replay. I need to see this. Okay, Melendez absorbs the contact, flexes. I like this kid. I like these freshmen. I, you know, you're in an advantageous position where you don't need to play them a ton. But they've all shown something. So, yeah, okay, I, I like this. 79 to 42, an opportunity to maybe turn this into a 40-point affair. Melendez misses the free throw. Payne, again, misses a dunk, and I got all flustered when that happened. Apologies. Jesus Christ, you're, you're 6'9", it's a dunk. <laughs> well, what I would give to be that size, I would like, and a goaltend. Yes, a goaltend on Omar Payne. Guys, I don't know what he does exactly. I'm not sure. I'm not trying to, you know... Beat the dead horse here. I'm not really sure what Omar Payne does and if he will ever do anything. We really need Dane Donja to be good next year. We really do. Okay, so Corbello feeling good on the sideline. Looking good. He's always very spiffy. He's got good style. This is Trent Frazier bringing the ball up the court with 7.05 to go. It is a 35-point Illinois lead. Excuse me. Sorry, I need to... I've been talking straight here for about 30, 35 minutes, so just give me a second here. Here we go. Okay. Omar Payne. Again. I Okay. I won't even say it. Actually, I probably should for the podcast audience. He could not corral that. It was a great entry pass and should have been a dunk. Of course, it does not end up being that. Here's Brazil. Payne does not get out on him. And a three-pointer for Brazil. Guys, the only bad spot tonight, Omar Payne. And that does make you think, okay, well, what do you do in meaningful games? You can't play him significant minutes. I don't know how much you can play him at all. I'd rather see BBB out there. And that's saying something, folks. All right, here's DeMonte with a little pass to Brandon Podjimski. BBV is about to go in. Podjimski gets kind of tied up here, and it will still be Illinois ball with 6-11 to go, 32-point lead. Okay, so what is the best-case scenario here? I mean, you're going to win the game. I've never seen a team come back from 32 with 6-11 to go, so I think you're safe on that. But I still want to win by 30-plus, so let's see if this batch of reserves with the veterans here, DeMonte and Trent are the two veterans out there. Let's see what they can do. Now, it looks like BBV is not coming in. Payne will stay. Let's see if we can't get Payne involved. Actually, let's not see that. Uh, we got a turnover. No, it's going to be off of Missouri and now a turnover on the shot clock violation. So an ugly possession with six minutes to go. Hey, nothing like teachable moments when you're up 32 with six minutes to go. <laughs> I mean, Whipple says we're up through LMAO laughing my ass off. We're up 32. Well, we're up 39, right? Or 37. Kofi comes back in. Okay. So does Grandison. I think Underwood might just be looking for two more good minutes 
Now, would I put these guys in for injury concern? I don't know. But I don't know. Just told them to kind of play within themselves, and it should be fine. Got fingers crossed, right? Okay, nice entry pass here uh, for Missouri. They kick it back out. This is Brazil again. Demonte on him. Brazil gets stripped, but they're going to call a foul on Grandison, and that will be the six-team foul for Illinois. Now, if they call this a shooting foul or not, I'm not sure. All right. Fart Mountain says someone's going to get hurt. Well, I that would be the worst. Worst result. They're going to let Brazil go the line here? Call that a shooting foul? A little bit of continuation there. Why does Conzo bother me so much? Why? I wanted him as a coach. Me and Steve Breitweiser, we were singing his praises, and we thought, this is the guy. We even wrote like a parody song for early versions of the 200 level for Conzo Martin to be the guy because of all the recruits that he was going to bring in. Well, Dodged a bullet on that one, ladies and gentlemen, but he just bothers me. And I don't know why. I mean, maybe if he was somewhere else other than Missouri, he wouldn't. I think it's the whole collective of Conzo and and Jeremiah Tillman, Mark Smith, and Javon Pickett. Hey, nice press break from Illinois here. This is Grandison speedily bringing it across the half-court line. Still plenty of time in the shot clock. 30-point lead for Illinois. Don't let this get within 15, like I've always said. Actually, don't let this get within 25. I still want to win by 30-plus points. And we'd have to go back and check the biggest margin. I was at one of those. Plummer makes a shot here, 81-49. to I was at one of those. It was the D and James senior year. I'm pretty sure that Jamar Smith had a big game, and it was just a total laugher. That was when Quinn Snyder got the popcorn on his head. Was that Javon Pickett? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> no offense, Javon. I'm sh- he's probably a nice kid. He probably is. But just I, I can't wait to exercise the demons of the last three years, and he's kind of the last remnant of that. Uh, Entry pass from Melendez. They're going to call a foul on Missouri, though, holding Kofi. Okay, fair enough. I mean, just a ragtag group from Missouri. I I don't know what they have. I mean, legit, I I don't know what they have going forward, not just this year, but like the next two, three years. There's no foundation there. And what do you do if you're a basketball program now that's struck out on two straight hires and then the one before that was Frank Haith and that ended kind of mysteriously when he went back to was it Arkansas did he go to Arkansas I forget where Frank Haith went Mike Anderson went to Arkansas again I think this is Kofi making another free throw so he's doing pretty well from the line Luke Goody looks to be getting some tick here as he comes in but you know talk about a program that has just floundered and Missouri is one that I don't want to say more often than not is ranked I mean I mean I recall a time when it felt like Missouri was often ranked and that these games often had two ranked teams. And that is becoming few and far between. And I just don't know where they go. And if they're selling tickets like that, I worry about them at some point if things don't improve quickly, saying, you know what, we don't need this anymore. And that would be a bummer because I love this thing. You know, I mean, even though it is probably at one of its lower points as a rivalry, I don't want this to end. I mean, this is a, a Christmas tradition. This is Brazil. Man, this is a little. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I was on I'm on Twitch. I was about to say a word that I it's profanity laced. I was about to say this little blanker. Really good. Starts with an F and I can't say that in on Twitch. And certainly not in front of my sixth grade students. But he's good. This is Coleman Hawkins with a nice little pass to Kofi. Back up to a 31 point lead. Coleman overall been good tonight. Haith went to Miami. That was it. Thank you. Oh wait, no, came from Miami, went to Tulsa. That was it. Okay, thank you, Wizzy. 
Tulsa was the move, and it was puzzling, but I think there was a sense that he probably wasn't going to last in Mizzou much longer. Can anyone in the Twitch feed help me out? Is he still at Tulsa? How is he doing? That's what I'm curious about. This is from Fart Mountain, and I think this is a fair question. Does Illinois deserve to be ranked? A win against Arizona, we would be in the uh, upper teams. Upper teams. I agree. You know, I I think all of that works itself out, Fart Mountain. I think that the early Big Ten games are not going to give you a lot of opportunities for that. The Minnesota game might, actually. The Minnesota game, Kofi with a monster board. Beautiful. 84 to 53. We got 350 to go. Let's get one more bucket, get the media timeout, and just put all the kids in there. This is Alfonso Plummer. I think he wants one more. He's going to take it to the rim. It is up. It is good. Man, he is a star. Alfonso Plummer is a star. Timeout from Illinois. I think this will count as the media timeout with 338 to go. 86 to 53. Total blowout in St. Louis. Back to your question, Fart Mountain. My favorite username. Actually, Whipple, you got a great one too. Boba, all of you. Great, great usernames, but no one has a name quite like Fart Mountain 86. I think that if Illinois had won the Arizona game, you're right, they would be in the upper teens. They'd be somewhere around like 13th or 14th. And at 10 and 2, or what would that be? 9 and 2 and then 10 and 2 after tonight. But that didn't happen. So it comes down to a marquee win of some some kind or attrition in front of you. Now, the metrics tell you that Illinois is a top 15 team in the nation. I think that's what they are. I think the way they're shooting, if that continues, they're more than just top 15. And if you were to tell me that Corbello can come back and be an impact player on this team, now you're back in the top 10 kind of sphere and a dangerous team in March. And really, that's all that matters to me. And, you know, I, I don't know if you win the Big Ten. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I think you are the team with the best chance to win the Big Ten, not named Purdue. I really like what I've seen from this team the last three, four weeks. And I've tried to reflect on that and make sure I'm not overreacting and being too much of a fanboy about it. But I really like the energy with which they're playing. I love the the style of offense, which is just, you know, the analytics would tell you this is what you want to do. You want to shoot twos and you like easy twos, layup stunks, and you want to shoot threes. And it just so happens you have a bunch of good three-point shooters. Now, Corbello is not going to help that. But Corbello is going to give you yet another wrinkle for those games where if you are not shooting the threes well, you now have the pick and roll game to add to it. I think it will be seamless when he does come back. And that leads me to believe that this team, the best is yet to come. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. I think we all are. I mean, even the Arizona game, the, the, the messiness of that was troublesome. But I think a lot of that had to do with Arizona's really good. They lost tonight by four to Tennessee. That was a road game at Tennessee. You know, I watched stretches of that. And the first half, Arizona would have won if they had not just been brick city in the first half. And that is not like them. They just were missing uncharacteristically missing a lot of open shots. So they're really good. And they're going to be right there at the end. I think Illinois ultimately four or five seed in the NCAA tournament, second or third in the big 10. I think those are entirely reasonable and realistic. So yeah. And as you say, uh, him jamming, uh, 14th and Ken Palm, I think that's about right. I think Tennessee was 13th and Arizona was ninth. So you're good. You're really good, and and I would love that Arizona game. It'd be a marquee win, but you still have more of those out there. And Purdue on Martin Luther King Day that Monday, that's a big one. Now, we all know the COVID thing. You know, uh, The Big Ten is talking about how they're going to revise the forfeiture rules where basically you know, going into the season, if you didn't have a team ready to go, you'd forfeit your game. 
But the what we know now about asymptomatic cases and things like that, or this new variant where I think the incubation period can be like three days instead of five to seven, and you can recover quickly, especially if you're asymptomatic. They're revising that. Now, as some Illini fans have pointed out, oh, you're willing to revise that, but you weren't willing to revise the rules last year when Illinois had the better win percentage and played more games than the Big Ten Conference. I get that. That is a point of frustration, but I think that is the right thing to do. I don't think there's going to be a lot of games canceled. Um, And the advantage of Illinois, and I just saw this yesterday, I want to get a spit test ahead of the holidays. I just want to make sure that we're good as a family. And this team has access to testing probably two times a day if they want. And we'll be able to identify earlier than other teams which guy might have it and not have to have an entire roster out of a game. Okay, so did Kobe Brown get another block or, or steal off of Kobe? I somehow find that hard to believe. But Illinois gets a steal here, 86-53. to 53. Now, this is, an, is Brad Underwood sending a message with 250 to go by having Trent... Kofi and DeMonte out there. Coleman Hawkins and Goody round out the starting five. Now he's got, I don't want to say scrubs. They aren't. The young guys ready to come in and get some tick. Coleman Hawkins looks for Trent. Trent wants one more three. He misses it. Missouri with the ball. I was wondering for a second if, if Underwood were to finish the game with these guys. Wow, Coleman Hawkins gets, what do they call that, goaltend? I thought he recovered decently at the end of that layup there, but they're going to call that a goaltend. Two points for Missouri. I, I was just wondering if Brad Underwood was sending a, a message. All right, Kofi waving his arms. He's going to get a Bragg and Rights trophy for his first time in his final season in Illinois, presumably, and good for him. Huck for DeMonte, he gets his second Bragg and Rights win. And I'm sure a nice ovation for these guys. Trent Frazier will stay in the lineup, and I think he'll be the last guy to come off to get his own special recognition. You know, this season, as it goes on, there is something brewing with Trent Frazier, the narrative, and maybe he's out of there now that I think about it. Podjimski's out there. So I think they sat Trent down. Yeah, Trent's out. Okay. There's something happening with Trent, which is just strengthening his legacy here. And it was already strong. I mean, we all love Trent. He's one of our favorites. Uh, <laughs> is this Connor Servin trying to make a player? Brandon Lieb? It's 86 to 55, and we have the bench warmers are in there for Illinois. But. But what Trent is doing is like borderline heroic stuff. It really is. If you go to the Arizona game, that that was one of the best individual performances I've ever seen because this is someone just weeks removed from a shoulder and a knee injury, playing the way he did, having to be point guard and your primary scorer. And he did it against one of the better teams in the nation and damn near, near Letty to a win. Here's Pajimski with a reverse layup? 88 to 55. Let's extend the lead with the bench warmers. Can we do that? Please tell me Javon Pickett's still out there. He's not. So maybe Missouri's bench warmers are out there too. Brazil, number 23, is still out there. 88 to 55, 33 point lead. Pajimski leaves his feet, does not get a foul call on him though. And does Illinois get the ball? No, Brazil is tough, man. And there's going to be a foul on Illinois with 126 to go. Yeah, uh, Whipple says OMG pods. Good Lord. Um, okay, this is from Illini Mike. I like the energy from Coleman tonight. He was still aggressive, but more poised. That's a great word for it. Uh, hopefully, he's able to get a shot falling soon. He made 1-3, right? But I agree with that. Um, this was a good night for Coleman Hawkins and encouraging because he is someone that, especially when Curbelo comes back, 
I said, and you know me, I'm uh, into hyperbole. I do that on occasion. I legit thought a few games into the season, Coleman Hawkins was your third best player. Whoops. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be your fifth or even sixth best player. He can fill a really big role on this team. And I think tonight was a good step in that direction. All right. Missed free throw for Missouri. 32-point Illinois lead. This is Melendez running point, because why not? Yeah, was he the Trent Frazier jersey? I, I run by game day on campus, and they got Frazier, Curbelo, and Kofi jerseys. Now, the next one I would have said would have been a Curbelo jersey, because I, I just love Andre, and um, I can't wait for him to come back, and I think he's going to be spectacular in his role when he comes back. But... That's just it. Trent Frazier is playing at a level right now and, and wrapping up his career in such a way where how can you not just love that kid as an Illini fan? He has given everything he can and he's playing his best ball yet. He's playing 35 minutes a game as a point guard and still scoring for you. So shouldering the load and you become so much better uh, in the process. Now the trophy is working its way towards the Illinois bench with 103 to go. It's been way too long. Let's not have another one of those three-year stretches where you don't get that trophy. Easy money in Vegas tonight, 14.5-point spread, and you're going to end up winning by around 30. It's 88-57. to 57. Missouri looking to make it a 30-point lead. They do with 103 to go. Let's get one more bucket here. Let's really put the cherry on top of this Sunday. This is Melendez again bringing the ball up. He has, oh, no, just as I was about to sing his praises as ball handler. A dunk for Missouri. Melendez lost it there. Can we win by 30? That is the question. Missouri doing a little half-court trap here, but you know what? Luke Goody's not having it. Here's Pods with the ball up top. We got 42 seconds to go. He gets a pick from Lieb. Pods finds some guy. That's Severn over to Goody. The three is no good. E Rebound for Missouri. 30 seconds to go. Will they make this a 26-point Illinois lead or 25 the three is up and good. Darn it. I didn't want this to get within 25, and it has, but I think Illinois might dribble this one out. Maybe. We'll see. 18 seconds to go, and this is Podjimski, and the Illini faithful are standing in ovation as we get down to 10, 9, 8. We're going to run the clock out on this one. Illinois wins 88-63. to Bragging rights trophy back on Illinois side. Thank God for that. An impressive performance led by 14 and a half, won by 25, led by as many as 37 or was it 39? Man, that's pretty beautiful. As Whipple says, Missouri trying to press down 30. <laughs> uh, man, that was fun, everybody. You know, there was something about the holiday season. And this is, I'm not even joking when I say this, winning this game ahead of Christmas, it adds just a little, little bit going into Christmas, and maybe you guys agree with that. But what a way to end your non-conference slate. Well, you got Florida A&M coming up next Wednesday, but you are now 9-3. and three. You should be 10-3 and three when all said and done. You're 2-0 and oh in the Big Ten and have a nice opportunity at the start of the Big Ten to win some games. The way this team is playing right now, there are reasons to be optimistic for the short and long term, for the next few games and then for the next 20. The way that they've whipped into shape as quickly as they have for as bad as they played early this season, that to me is is pretty fulfilling, right? As they raise the trophy and, uh, you know, I this is a random Illini memory, if I can give you one real quick. Back when they won the overtime game in 2000, 
there were pictures back in the Illini board, which is still around, but back in the day, that was one of the few places you could go. And someone, maybe it was a Mark Jones photo. It was a high-res photo of the team celebrating with that trophy. And I made that the screensaver on our family computer. And I remember even on like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, just relishing in it. Even after Illinois lost to Texas on December 23rd, didn't matter. You won this game. It meant a lot. This game does mean a lot. And even a text with my friend Andrew earlier today, He's like, you know, next year when there's like no COVID to worry, we got to go, right? And I'm like, yes, let's get back to it because it is something to look forward to. And I'm glad that for the Illini fans that were there, they got to, saw, got to see a laugher in a series that unfortunately for the last three years did not go our way. Crabello getting in with the team picture. Uh, this is a, a team that is kind of writing a cool story right now. I, I like this. The vibes are good. And uh, what a way to enter Christmas. So, hey, Twitch stream. Thank you all for joining tonight. You know, this is a Wednesday in, in the middle of holiday season. You could have been at a holiday party or something like that. So I appreciate it. Thank you to all of you guys. Thank you to the podcast listeners at home. Um, and yeah, that's nice. <laughs> What's there to say? But we we kicked some ass today. I, I think maybe I'll talk about the, uh, the bull tease. Maybe Illinois was going to go to the Gator Bowl, but now it's going to be Rutgers. We can talk about that another time. That was a fun eight-hour story until it abruptly ended. But the story tonight, 88-63, to Illinois wins in the Bragg and Rights game in impressive fashion. Yes, Missouri is bad, but Illinois is doing to bad teams what good teams should do to bad teams. And that's reason to be encouraged. we got a fantastic offense, and I think a defense that can figure things out. Man, we can shoot. And you got Kofi Coburn, as my jersey suggests. All right, everybody, I hope you have a safe healthy and happy holiday season uh, with the ones that you love and uh, a much different Christmas than a lot of us experienced last year. This has been one hell of a year. We will come back before the new year. I'm going to be going to Michigan after Christmas on the 26th and back on the 29th, maybe going to that Florida A&M game, though I'm not 100% sure. Uh, maybe we'll do a live stream for that one too. But in the meantime, enjoy your Christmas, enjoy your holidays with everyone uh, Um that matters the most to you. I know I will be, and um, we deserve it. We deserve it. And damn it, as Illini fans, I think we deserve this tonight too. 88 to 63, one of the biggest blowouts in Bragg and Wright's history. I'll have to look and see if it is maybe, in fact, the biggest blowout. But whether or not it is, that was a good old-fashioned ass-kicking. And uh, time to have a celebratory drink. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon, everybody. It is the 200 level.